Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Great news, everybody. It's time for the People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City SC. I am your host, Nate. I'm joined, as usual, by the C-3PO to my R2-D2, John Snow. I mean, I'm sorry, John Bisworth. <laughs> it's John. It's just between the new Star Wars trailer and the Game of Thrones starting back up and the City preseason friendly happening next week. I am fully geeked uh, for the record i mean i'm i'm okay with being referenced to john snow but i've never kissed my sister so <laughs> that you know of <laughs> right no i i do know of that um so yes nate uh we had a lot going on today a couple quick things for us to hit off and then we are full-on city action so firsthand we'll get the impressions of the loons new home you were there i was not mm-hmm. um, but i did see it on television we have tons more player announcements we're we're partying next friday at palmer's with some details on that and we have a guest in-house today a, a returner uh we'll, we'll leave it as a as a, a tantalizing clue that we have a returner who hasn't been with us for two years tantalizing yes tantalizing. john uh, our, so our cousins in St. Paul have an opener had an opener this weekend. Um, we want to make sure to talk about that. So let's dive in. Yes, let's do Nate. So after dive, a, we shall. After <laughs> we after a long wait, um, the loons have finally flown home, as they say. And for those of us that were there, it was quite the experience. I think from Roger Bennett of. Uh, men and Blazers giving a pregame interview to those huge helicopters doing a sweet flyby to the song by song theft of my Minneapolis City game day playlist. The home opener was lit. <laughs> I was sitting there and I'm like, fuck, that's two songs. Fuck, that's three songs. Now everyone's going to think that I stole my playlist from Minnesota United. Well, we'll just have to go deeper in the archives, Nate, and make our own. So. I think so. Uh-huh. But yeah, so I, like, I, like I noted, I wasn't there in person, but I did watch it on television. And a couple quick first impressions for me was before the game even started, um, lots of emotion in the cities. Um, you know, if you go on the, the Twitterverse. Oh, and man, people it, were just... People talking about how they're, they, they, they were... were almost had tears that like the game was the next day. And then when they got there was like pictures and video of people like full on bawling. And no I, way. I yeah, I think that's a tad over the top. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I fully agree that it, that the, the stadium is fantastic. Um, you know, all, all the things they did uh, to bring MLS to the cities is great, but to, to cry about a, a venue is um it, it's interesting to me but it just shows the passion of the soccer supporters here and you can't yeah. hate on that um but you know the the progression from nsc to allianz uh, is a big one so i i get it but i'm not necessarily going to be shedding tears um but as far as the game goes um you know i thought that you know you and i talked a little bit that the the standing room only section for the supporters looked a little thin yeah. and um I was expecting there to be more shoulder to shoulder and that's just what I'm used to from, from European games that I've been at where, where the, the supporters group is stand only um, for safety reasons, but it's, it's packed. So I wonder if it was just a case of they, not everyone was there or um, it did look like it filled up a little bit. So maybe some transportation or parking things maybe got in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also thought that it was going to be louder Um I, th- I actually thought that the acoustics of TCF may have been a little bit louder than what I heard on television, but that could also be camera and microphone placement. But um, all in all, I, th- I thought it was a fantastic um, first start for them. Um, you know, they didn't, they didn't pick up the three points, but when I, when I say first start, I mean a, a fantastic way to, to kick off a, a new home. And I- I'm excited to, to check it out in person this summer. Yeah, John, I 
for the most part, agree with you. I've got four thoughts about what is the Allianz field experience, or at least what that experience was on the first first game day. Um, to your point about the crowd noise, I think twofold here because I saw we follow a, a woman named Laura Mills, I think, who who works for um, works for another club. She does some design work and stuff like that too. I think Indy in Eleven world. Yeah, she works for Indy Eleven, and I know she does a lot of design work for other clubs. Um, and she said the same thing that it didn't sound very loud on television and i think part of it is the way that espn may have miked the crowd yeah it might be was different i think that the setup was totally when you think about tcf it's a they're used to miking the crowd for noise it's it's a stadium that has been uh broadcast out of quite frequently and so this Mm -hmm. was definitely the first run for for any broadcaster uh out of allianz field but also i will admit that i think the crowd was probably a little unfocused um, I, yeah, everyone was probably a little all over the place, being yeah. the the dry, the, not necessarily the dry run, but really the first the first go of things. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to take in, right? You're absorbing all this newness, even if like someone like me who's been to every game in TCF, um, you know, I'd been to T, I'd been to Allianz to meet my seat, so I'd kind of been through how to get in, where to go, all that stuff. You're still absorbing like everything about the game day experience is new, um, so you're not quite as focused on is it time to cheer. What are the supporters doing? You might be like looking for your the best bur- the my burger place or whatever, right? You might be in the brew mm-hmm. hall. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I could I could see how it might the crowd did did feel quieter. I think you're also trying to get used to your seats, um, trying to get used to your section. You might you know where you might have been sitting somewhere else, or you might be even new to the live Minnesota United experience. Um, people are gonna find their groove as they figure out kind of when to sing, when to yell, what to cheer, that sort of thing. It's going to get louder. It was right. loud at certain points when we're when just the real basic MNUFC at certain points to try to get the get the team moving um felt deafening for mm-hmm. for a time. So that was great. I think the fans did get into it near the end too with rings clear time wasting and of course every time Johnson handled the ball after getting up <laughs> a main goal like that was could, bad that was that that turned into my favorite part of the game is like every time he would handle a back uh, a backwards pass from then on it was it, the crowd got into it and were heckling the hell out of him and I loved it I mean I was watching the game with my 3 year old and you know his soccer knowledge is limited um, <laughs> the ball's rolling back and then then he like kicks it he like it just goes in the goal right mm-hmm. and he's like daddy why didn't he kick it forward <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Gus. Sorry, man. Couldn't Always tell you. Always keep your eye on it. Always yeah. keep your eye on it. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, a couple other things I want to talk about, maybe some less positive stuff, but I just can't see a scenario where I'm ever going to set foot in the brew hall on game day, John. Why, why is that? I mean, well, for, I mean, for obvious reasons. For obvious but... reasons that I don't need one of the uh, 40 Heinekens that they have on tap for $12. Uh, the prices are just insane. There's just no reason to to go in there and, and enjoy a beer. Well, are um, they different than the in-game, like in-stadium prices? No, it's all insane is what I'm saying. Is like the brew hall in general, no reason to sit in there and, and have, you know, a $13 beer. Barely reason enough to to grab a $13 beer. I didn't want to say I'm never going to buy a beer at Allianz Field because there'll be days when it's hot as hell. I need a beer. I will I will pay thirteen bucks for a surly, but I'm like, what's the point of going to the brew hall? So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I mean it, a, a gathering place, probably where people meet. If they I don't, guess. You know. I mean, I think if I was Wes, I'd feel pretty good about owning Blackheart and having a spot where people are going to hoard and mob your bar before every home game. Right. No, I think. I mean, he, he great, did a really great good job. Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did a really good job of figuring that one out early. Super smart. Uh, so that's probably what I'm going to end up doing for the most part. Drink beforehand, maybe have one if it's a super hot day, two mm-hmm. if I'm desperate, but never, like, what's the point otherwise? Too expensive. Um, or you, also, go the old, you go the old Lambo field route and you bring your own in. Somehow. You could. I need to get that uh, I need to get the rubber flask or something, some sort of, a, <laughs> some sort yeah. of bladder that I can fill <laughs> right, yeah. hide in my pants. Make Mindy wear the the that bra that has uh, you know the bladder in the in it exactly. <laughs> uh, one last thing I want to tell people if they're going to go to the game, make sure you use the bathroom early because you are not going to use the bathroom often. Um, lines for the men's room at halftime were were so long, so long, and I think there was a line until about the 60th minute. 
Yikes. Uh, of the second half. And that was bad. As far as I could see, and as we were kind of walking around, there might have only been one men's room on our on our side of the stadium. That, um, that, that sounds odd. There was a couple family restrooms, one of which wasn't open near the supporters section that I saw. Um, the flow in general had not been figured out great. Um, yeah. But still, I, I couldn't... I found the women's room, and I found the men's room, and I think there's only one per side, which is silly. Yeah, that seems that seems kind really of bad odd. Idea. Yeah, bad idea. There's one thing that I I forgot to mention. Um, kudos to the grounds crew. Oh, it looked so good. It looked good on on camera. It, it could have looked different live, but um, to to grow grass and to maintain grass at this time of year, not to mention um, removing snow, <laughs> yeah. like two days beforehand. Yeah. I thought they did a fantastic job because. Um, you know, there's someone close to us that, that works within the United ecosystem and they were doing the VAR testing with some of the Academy kids. And, um, he was like, the field is, was, was like, they were tearing up the field, just like training on it and working on like the VAR testing. And Mm -hmm. he's like, I don't know what they're going to do for the game, but luckily they, they pulled through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. So uh, enough about those guys. Back to us. We are um, <laughs> enough about them. Enough about them. More about us. Um, well, folks, it, it wouldn't be a city season if we didn't launch a kit. So we are uh, on Friday, April 26th. We are tossing a preseason party at our official club watering hole Palmers. The party starts at 6 p.m. And there, as always, will be summit deals on tab and the already mentioned kit reveal. Um, and there'll be club personnel, coaches, players, um, management there on hand to chat and uh, and drink a few beers with the night before the uh, the Harpo's game. So limiting the team to one, Nate, make sure that they're uh, they're drinking responsibly. Yeah. But um, come on down, have a few beers. Uh, again, it's Friday, April 26th at 6 p.m. I believe the, the actual reveal will be around – 637 ish maybe so after work spin on down there um conveniently located off all transportation routes so come on down and uh and and hang out with us let's yeah. party let's kick the season off it's gonna be a good time if anything it's gonna be a good way uh to get used to and to orient yourself to palmers for as the official uh game day pregame spot uh just to know like where to park where to go if you're gonna take a bus whatever down down there to figure it out take your bike um and whatnot it's not a bar that uh, i've been to a ton I yeah I, i've been there under previous ownership and it was like straight up coke bar yeah so, that was that was when i was there too like around right out of yeah. college and i'm like wow, yeah I'm here again right exactly well now we now we have a reason <laughs> we're, back. we're back baby we're back yeah all right, under, new, under new management yeah so i'm looking forward to seeing people there uh it sounds like you and i might be uh might be on the mic once in a while chatting yep. people up so that'll be cool Yep. The uh, the steady stream of player announcements is another thing we got to talk about. It's been going on all week. It's been going on all month, really. And we have more to break down for people. Let's just dive right in like we did last week. Sounds good. First off, we have Juan Luis making his return for his sophomore season with the Crows. And we, we've learned, Nate, from the past few years is that the second season is usually always uh, the year where players have their breakout with City. This Drake Jr. is very mm-hmm, battle-tested mm-hmm. in a tough Missouri Valley Conference where he saw time in 17 games with no starts. And for City, he kind of played an ancillary role last season coming off the bench, but I, I will say some very crucial points in time um, where he came off and came up big. Um, but look for him to, to have his legs fully under him in year two, and with the players around him he's familiar with, we should see Juan um, ha- uh, increase his inclusion in the squad. He he featured in eight games last year, uh, 341 minutes, two goals, and two assists, zero cards. Yeah, I mean, if Juan can take another step forward, it's going to be a huge bonus for the team. Um, he proved last year, much like Siku, who we'd already, we've already talked about, that he can come off the bench and he can really contribute, and... It's, you know, whether he's drifting wide or staying central in that number 10 role, if Juan can prove to be a consistent offensive threat, um, we're going to be swimming in an embarrassment of uh, offensive riches like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I mean, I just go back to his his off the ball run against VSLT at home that set up the game that his game winner. Yeah, where he 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 just kind of lulled the defense to sleep and then you know splits in between two center backs and slots home 
um, a very difficult volley uh, off a of one touch. And it, those are the types of things that he's, he's really, really good at. But, you know, even what we saw in training when he first came, came on with us, it just took him a while to kind of get comfortable. And so we're hoping that this year is, uh, is his year. Yeah. I mean, he was a young guy, so that's what we can expect. All right. Next up, we have Mark Haight, the former Mayak player of the year at St. Thomas is another returner for a second season. This left footed wing back has a keen sense of the attack, Nate, um, coming from the back line and whips in an absolutely fantastic uh, cross from from the from out wide. Uh, a great all around guy, which mo- like like most of our guys are. Um, he's a, he's key in the locker room as well as on the pitch. And he's a Milwaukee guy and in former Bavarian, which Immediately puts him in the positive column in my ledger. Yep, totally. Um, uh, much like Juan featured in eight games last year, 401 minutes, zero goals, zero assists, and one card. Yeah, it's nice to have this kind of depth out wide on defense. Um, Mark gives the team a little bit of flexibility, I think, when it comes to where to deploy guys like um, like Hoof or Charlie Adams, uh, who we're going to talk about here in a second. Because you can start – Mark, or he can come off the bench to spell the next guy that we're going to talk about whenever needed, who, in my opinion, this next guy is the hardest working defender in the North. And who might that be? Well, that's Aaron Olsen. That's Aaron Olsen, John. (laughs) Yeah. What can you say about AO, Nate, other than you just need to come see him play? He is the returning captain of the murder and another club original back for another season. He's a hard-nosed defender, hard-nosed playing style, never-say-die attitude, which makes him... Uh, a, a mean man to match up against, which is something that the league's top attackers tend to find. And he's actually likely to be the first crow uh, ever to be capped 50 times this year. If, if everything goes okay uh, for him this season, what? He, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, oh yeah. That's a lot of games. It is a lot of games. Uh, he is the all-time leader in games played at 39. Also the all-time leader in minutes played at just over 3,300. He has two goals, one assist, and is the club's all-time leader <laughs> in cards. Yes. So just, just really all he's got to do is get on the score sheet more, and uh, he might be the all-time anything. <laughs> I expected something along those lines. That he feels like he gets a ton of cards. Yeah, he does. Um, when, but when you talk about guys um, like last week or a couple weeks ago, though, you did like Justin Oliver, uh, who has you know a great mix of skill and attitude for his position. Ao is the city prototype of this kind of player. He is just the nicest guy. Whether you're at the brew hall or if you're hanging out at the bar or whatever, but when you get him on the pitch, he becomes an absolute animal machine, Mecha Godzilla type creature. He gets up and down. He's got a mean engine he gets in opposing players heads and he can even get get it in the net once in a while as, as we as we found out ao is just um the defender that uh that city should be building around for a couple more years yeah well i mean we have <laughs> you know like we forgot to mention too that he's uh he's a stegman original as well so uh, he um he's been part of the organization for for many years and and we're happy to have him back wearing the old stegman armband hell yeah. so up next, we have Charlie Adams, the the best hair in the club, if I might say so myself. Some what? might say it rivals that of a Kennedy. Hmm. Um, <laughs> this 2017 All-MPSL North Conference defender makes his return for his third season. And, and much like Mark Haight, who we just spoke about, you can kind of see a, a carbon copy from a playing style perspective. Uh, Chuck is a player that is always looking to go forward, whether it's breaking a guy down one-on-one with his chazzle dazzle step over or uh, hitting that kind of sweetly hit long ball that he, he likes uh, to ignite the attack from wherever he may be, which usually starts by nicking the ball off of an opposing attacker. Uh, Chuck's featured for uh, 28 games for the Crows, just over um, 2,250 minutes, two goals scored, three assists and four cards. Yeah. He's another defensive staple, man. I mean, what more can you say about Chuck except that he is a quintessential clubhouse guy, like always smiling, always happy, always a great attitude in the locker room, and he just takes it to a different level once once he hits the pitch. Um, you know, he turns his game on, and again, a huge reason for our success last year. Another guy who is nice as hell off the field, but you get him on the field, and you're like, he's just a pest. Yeah. Well, he and you know, talking to him and talking to his dad too in the stands every once in a while, like it's something he learned when he he lived in England for a while. Is yeah, that, what was the name of that team he played for? It was some. It was something embarrassing. <laughs> it really was. It was like Queefton or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to look that up and correct yeah. the record. 
but yeah, he said that like you know you learn you learn how to be an asshole. Yeah, he'd be a bastard. Yeah, be a bastard on the on the pitch, but you know that's just not his, not who he is in his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Queefed in. Uh, it was a long time ago, probably over one hundred episodes ago, that we welcomed to the show. A young man with some truly epic salad. I'm, of course, talking about Samuel Ruiz Plaza, an inaugural member of Minneapolis City, whose soccer travels have taken him around the world to the PDL, to the D3 Championship, and back. Welcome to the show, Samuel Ruiz Plaza. What's up, guys? It's a pleasure to be back. I mean, first time was great, and I'm hoping this time will be even better. It, it, I guarantee you it will be better. Um, <laughs> so first off, Samo, since we last spoke, um, you know, to you on the show, you won the division three championship at Messiah in 2017. So congrats on that. Tell us how that felt. Um, you know, you put in all the work in college, which is much more work than we put in, uh, at Minneapolis city. And then to have it, <laughs> to, to be at a storied school like Messiah and then, you know, be able to stamp your, your, yourselves on the championship banner uh, in the rafters how'd that feel uh, it was pretty surreal i feel like that's like honestly like the only way to describe that um just kind of like the journey to get there was crazy because going into Messiah, i'm like oh wow i'm gonna ride the pine and win four national championships and i'm totally cool with that and then the opposite <laughs> happens i like start every game my freshman year and we don't even make the national tournament for the first time in like 16 years something crazy um so then i was like oh man maybe i'm not going to get my guaranteed championship that i thought i was going to get um but honestly that that just whole 2017 season was incredible i think it's just a story of just grit and just belief um the fact that we won six we went to overtime six times that year and we won all six games in overtime no ties um multiple of those overtime wins being in national tournament i mean winning the semifinal after going down twice in double overtime was incredible and then um just honestly completing it all after going down 45 seconds into the national championship and coming back and winning 2-1 um was was surreal and just to be like a huge member of that and a big contributing factor to that team was was absolutely amazing and i guess to like have the chance to extend our season as far as possible and get to spend as much time as possible as a team together um, I think that was the most special part about that and getting to have a happy ending at the end and, and celebrate. I just, there's nothing better than getting to max out the time with your best friends and then getting to celebrate um, a national championship sure. at the end of it. Well, yeah. It was, it was amazing. So, I, I mean, you, you can attest that I watch a ton of college soccer in the fall because I watch a lot of your games, even after you were, you, you know, you had planned to, to move on, um, which we'll get into in a little bit to the PDL. But um, I watched a ton of those games. And for those people who don't know much about Messiah, like that's a division one soccer program, basically in, in playing in division three. Can you, can you tell the listeners a little bit about Messiah since it has been about a hundred episodes since we had you on last? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Honestly, you couldn't be more right. I mean, a lot of times when people talk to me, they're like, why didn't you play D1? Like, why'd you go D3? Like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, bro, honestly, like, if you saw this school and saw how we played and saw the level that we trained at and the level we played in games, like, it's just as good as any mid-major D1 school. And, I mean, probably, like, 75 to 80% of the guys on the team turned down Division One um, scholarships and, and full rides to go to Messiah. Um, and a lot of it is just because of the culture and the tradition that is there. I mean, 11 national championships in the past 18 years is, is pretty incredible and to always be one of the powerhouses in Division Three soccer is great. And just the, mm-hmm. the, just the culture of the team and the environment and just, like, the family unity that we have, not only the current team, but, like, with the alums and, like, years and years and years of tradition um, is absolutely incredible. So... Um, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to have the chance to go there. Um, after things just didn't work out with other schools, I think it was kind of just meant to be. And my experience there was absolutely, and the, the level of soccer there is incredible. I mean, we had really good players. Um, two of my every year I was there, we had multiple All Americans, and then twice we had the National Player of the Year. So it's just a high quality group of guys who, wow. who are just committed to excellence and just nice. want to be the best they can be in all areas of life. I think that's something that I remember. Well, from. Hold on, real, real quick. I forgot to mention. Forgot to mention. Congrats on being an All-American. Oh, yeah. really, oh thank you. <laughs> I forgot to add that in there. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Uh, this year, unfortunately, the season didn't end as we wanted it as a group, but um, I was definitely uh, fortunate enough to get that honor, and it was it was pretty cool. It was definitely uh, a cool feeling. I didn't, I honestly didn't expect it, and, and it was awesome that it worked out. Nice. Something that okay, I, Nate, that, that, go ahead, that Nate. is something that I remember from the first time we we spoke to you when you were. Um, you know what, whatever it was, four years ago, that you were, yeah. you you definitely had talked about the the that it was kind of a cultural choice to to go to Messiah that you could have done that. How do you feel? What are the parallels between kind of the team culture at Messiah and what you've come to understand as the um, what we call the brotherhood at Minneapolis City? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of parallels because at City similar to messiah i think there's just such an emphasis on putting the team over the individual um and i think that there's just not many places that do that there's not it's hard to think about others first it's hard to be like you know what like i didn't play well today but the team won like i'm gonna choose to be happy and choose to be positive as that or like the guy that plays the same position as me like he played really well and like he might be coming for my spot but you know what like that doesn't affect our relationship and i think like that's like one of the huge parallels that i draw that like at city like not only is it a group of great soccer players, but it's a group of great friends. And like, you can go there and just, it's a good, safe environment because one, when you compete and with people that you know, they got your back, like that gives you the chance to like really, really push up against each other and push each other to be the best. Cause you know that they got the best interest for you. It's not like some guy that's just gunning for you to take you down. It's like some guy that wants you to be the best you can be. So that only improves the team. Um, and I think that's like a big parallel between the science city. And I think that's why I love it so much. The city because, um, not only do we play great soccer, but we have a lot of fun and it's just a tight knit group of guys who just want the best for each other. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fans, Samo haven't seen you play probably since 2017. Um, when your mm-hmm. season was cut short, thanks to, uh, none other than the players of Dul- from Duluth FC. I mean, well, I guess that's really not entirely true, right? Because yeah. it was a well-struck ball to the torso that brought, yeah. um, appendicitis to your attention. Was <laughs> I know. Talk that a little was, bit about yeah. that bizarre experience. Cause we never really got a chance to catch up with you about that. Yeah, that was crazy. So 2017 was definitely an odd year for me at city. I mean, I got to, I got integrated with a group of guys like two months late because, um, we went to Columbia as a team um, right after classes ended at Messiah. So I was I didn't get incorporated until early June. Um, and then I was like two or three weeks into that, in my time there, we uh, go up to Duluth. And I remember I got the ball and I started like kind of just dribbling up the side. And guy comes in, makes a tackle, and the ball, he like gets the ball, but the ball like bounces up and just destroys my stomach and I like I like got the air I remember I got the air completely knocked out of me but for some reason like the ball felt perfectly and I just kept going I remember I ran up the route kept running up the wing and and served the ball in and um but yeah that was uh that was definitely quite bizarre because at first they're like oh it's a lacerated liver on my thing it must be from from the ball that I got um (laughs) just jammed into my stomach but thankfully didn't turn out to be that and it was just appendicitis um and it was a quick, quick, easy surgery and a quick recovery. That, they was were their like, first, that, that was their first take on it? It was a lacerated liver? Yeah, I know. I was like, Terrifying. Yeah, I, right? I know. Like, they were like, you're going to be out for like four to six months. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like two months. I'm not going to lose that. Um, and you're like, I'm not even 21 yet. I haven't really started to pow my liver yet. I'm going to start using this thing later. Damn. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Thankfully, it wasn't that. So my liver can, my liver's good. I can handle it. <laughs> uh, so last year was was kind of your gap year, right? From yeah. from Minneapolis City, if if you will, which saw you go on uh, to the PDL in North Carolina. I know listeners mm-hmm. are always curious. I think we've talked to a couple. I think we talked to Max uh, a couple weeks ago who also had gone to the PDL and listeners are curious about the difference between the two leagues. He's got his own, he's got his own take on it. Do you care? Would you care to share with us kind of where you went and what your experience was like compared to the NPSL or the, or the old PLA? Yeah. So, um, after, during my junior season, I started getting like contacted by various PDL teams and I kind of like had, I kind of like, that's something I wanted to do. I wanted to try it out and see what it was like. Um, and I had like a few coaches reach out to me, but I kind of ended up choosing to go play for the Charlotte Eagles. Um, and they played like in like the Southeast conference or whatever. Um, and they were the 
20, they were the 2017 PDL national champions. Um, and I like knew some of the guys down there. I knew some of the coaching staff. So it seemed like a good fit. Um, there's actually a lot of people from Messiah down in Charlotte. It kind of seems like the place where everyone goes when they graduate um, and don't, and like are trying to figure out what's next. I feel like a lot of them end up there. Um, so it was, it was, it was an up and down season for me. I mean, I got there and like three days in, um, I got injured and I was out for like two weeks and that was like really tough because I still wasn't like integrated with the guys yet. Like everyone yeah. was new. Um, I'm in a new city. Like I was living in like East Charlotte, which is kind of like, um, more like the underprivileged um, side of Charlotte. I was actually living in a refugee like community where like it was predominantly refugees, which was awesome because it was like a great experience just getting to just do like outreach to them and just have a lot of community with them, which ended up being amazing. But it was just tough at first, um, kind of not playing. And I was like, the only reason I went there was to play. Right. Um, but after, after that turned around, it ended up being an incredible summer. I mean, um, made a really good group, met some really good guys and made some great friendships. Um, and just the work that I was able to do in that community was awesome. And, and the soccer was great. I mean, it was definitely, a definitely a new new level for me um it was just it was intense um it was every day it was basically like sometimes you'd be like wow we're like, kind of like pros or not because like just like the workload we had was pretty pretty strenuous um and just like we were treated that way which was like really really cool um so yeah I felt like it really stretched me and it really grew me and I felt like going into my senior season I was I was firing on all cylinders because it was like three months straight of playing every day at a really high level uh significantly like it was it was high um it was a lot of fun um but yeah it definitely put me out of my comfort zone quite a bit and um I actually had the opportunity to go back there this summer but um I I decided not to do that and I was thinking um, I come back and play for City um and it worked out which was sweet and you guys had an, an amazing year last year and it was kind of tough because I was like, dang it, like, <laughs> the year I missed, you guys, like, were incredible. And I'm like, hopefully we can repeat the same, um, and I'm super excited to see back at City. You'll keep it incredible. I believe in you. Yeah, no, I I, I got I got great expectations and high hopes for this team. I think it's just How, a group of motivated guys. I think we'll do really well. Yeah. How would you say uh, that your play style has developed in the last three years, um, you know, since you – since you joined the team in the PLA years, like are there elements of your game that you feel more confident in as you enter your fourth season of semi-pro soccer? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think when I first got there, I still wasn't just used to that speed of play that just kind of like the next step up, um, even like a little bit, I think we a little step up from, from college. Um, so I think it took me a little bit to adapt um, my first year, but I think by now I've, I feel pretty. I feel really comfortable at this level, um, and I feel like my speed of play has gotten better, my vision has gotten better. I've gotten clean on the ball, and I think something that I struggled with in past years is I played very, um, very horizontal and very backwards, just very passive. And mm-hmm. something that my coach harped on me a lot at Messiah was like, you just need to play vertical. And when you play vertical, you need to connect your passes because he's like, when you play sideways and backwards, your passing percentage is a hundred, but when you go forward, it drops down to 20. And he was obviously exaggerating because there's no way it'd be 20. If it was 20, I'd be a lot on the field. <laughs> um, but I think an element of my game where I really improved was just being more vertical and more direct and just looking to be a little bit more dangerous. I think that's something that I was missing. Um, and I think over the past four years, um, that's, I think that's some, it's one of my strengths now. I think being vertical and being dynamic in that one-two is something that I really, really like to play. And just passing moves, like passing on, um, I think is something that has been the newest addition to my game that I think is is great. Yeah, love to hear, love to hear that. Um, yeah. So, so now that you're you're done at Messiah and obviously you're you're back with the murder, uh, what are your post undergraduate plans? Um. So as of now. Um, and something that came up and I'm really excited about is I'm going to be the GA at Augsburg um, on the men's side. I'll be the men's assistant at Augsburg and I'll be getting my master's in leadership. Um, something that I kind of was, I was, so I was a pre-med biology. Um, so I, was, I went from thinking yeah. about med school to uh, now being a GA and coaching college soccer. Um, but I think my junior year, I was kind of like, I wrestled with the idea of 
of not doing medicine just because I didn't love it. And I became really interested in, in coaching college soccer just because of my experience just being so positive. And, and I just think it's just such a formative time um, because I think high schoolers are really immature. College, you mature a lot and grow a lot. That's, <laughs> I think it's a, that's for sure. It's a good group, like a good age group that I like to work with um, mm -hmm. just because I think there can be so much growth. So I'll be doing that. Um, I'll be staying around the Twin Cities. I'll be actually coaching where we play, which is awesome because it's a beautiful location um, right in the middle of downtown Minneapolis. So you can't, you can't get it any better than that, right. um, in, my, in my opinion. Um, so that's what I'll be doing. And honestly, right now until then, I'm, I'm working at a few shoe stores just selling shoes and kind of going through <laughs> odd jobs. Uh, Playing soccer kind of, and selling shoes. Killing time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just kind of just trying to work as much as possible until that starts. Um, so yeah, that's, those are kind of my plans um, at the moment. Uh, long you, term. I, when did you finish school? You're back already? Yeah. So I actually, uh, I graduated a semester early. Um, I like oh. was able to finagle some things where I had like three credits oh. left. Uh, it wasn't about to like pay for a semester mm -hmm. at Messiah. Um, so instead I was able to take an online, like I did this thing called clepping. If you take a test and it, it's like, it's $80 versus like $3,000. So it was like, I'm going to take this test and pass it instead of taking the full class. All I had to do was study for like a week and take a test and I passed it. Nice. Um, they, and yeah, I'm graduated from Messiah College now. Sweet. Go for that uh, yeah. post-secondary education in, when you're in high school, and you too can graduate early, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that PC, I wish I would have done that. Honestly, now knowing what it was like in high school, I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm too cool for that. But now knowing it, I was like, oh, shoot, I definitely should have done that. <laughs> what what we all could have learned now that we know things, right? I know, for real. <laughs> so, uh, Samo, new fans might not know that um, mm -hmm. kind of like fellow midfielder Max Stiegwert, you have spent yeah. a good amount of time growing up in another country. Um, for you, it was Spain. For him, it was Paraguay. Uh -huh. um, you told us years ago that you played, I think the quote was, a lot, a lot of futsal when you were yeah. when you were in Spain. Uh, futsal is only like really recently catching on around here in the youth yeah. soccer circles. It's not something that we were very familiar with even even three, four years ago. How does what you learn playing futsal translate to full field outdoor soccer in your mind? I think playing futsal is like in street soccer is like one of the best things a player can do just to like awareness, creativity, and just your touch. Like playing every day in tight spaces, your touch and just to control the ball becomes incredible. And I saw that in like a year. The amount that I grew as a player in a year in Spain was incredible because I was playing at a high level on an academy team and then as well as um, playing football literally every day with my friends. And I think the just the creativity piece and the touch is like something that you almost can't learn um, by just playing regular soccer and just like being part of a normal team. I mean, yeah. obviously you can like the small side of games and whatnot, but you just, I feel like there isn't enough exposure to that and like just playing pickup for fun small-sided is great. I mean, you can pick up some bad habits, but I think that the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. I actually watched a documentary. Um, I was just in Spain actually a few months ago, and on the flight back, I watched this documentary. Um, I think it was called in The Search of Greatness or whatever, and um, they they ran this stat where they looked at the, the national team players for Germany, and then they looked at the players that were, like, right under the national team level, so, like, the next, like, say, 24 guys. Sure. Um, and they said that the only difference that they found in the development of those players is that there was a higher number of guys in the first group who had grown up playing on unorganized soccer and just street soccer. And they believe that that was kind of a difference that made them like a step ahead of those guys who basically had the same coaching, the same upbringing. It was just that difference of that small sided play on the football to pick up. And after well, after in my experience and after hearing that, I'm like, I, I, I just can't argue against it. I think it's just so fundamental for a player to just work on their game and their touch and whatnot. I think it, one of the things that you, you had just brought up was, uh, you know, you you love the one-two pass, right? Like there is that mm -hmm. aspect of creativity that you – that you really enjoy in the game and that you, that you find value in and futsal gives you that. 
that futsal is the kind of game though where like everyone needs to be creative. It's not just like, well, we're just going to count on the on the number ten to to make things happen. It's like you've got all the guys that have to rotate, that have to find the pass. It's not just one dude that's the striker, like like on uh, like outdoor soccer, right? Yeah, no, every like it's such a small field, and there's not that many players, and it's almost man to man, and every like everyone needs have that creativity everyone needs to be clean on the ball it's just um, i think football is so fun yeah like when we would play in the winters at messiah it was i sometimes honestly liked it more than a lot of just like the style of play the soul drags all that stuff i just i love it well, it's something that's definitely catching on around here i think some of the a lot of the clubs a lot of the academies are starting to field youth futsal teams in the winter and it's um it's cool it's cool to see develop yeah, it's a one it's a wonder why we're that far behind as a country to the other. Yeah, that we're countries. just figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, this might this might help. Hmm. <laughs> so, Samo, we as we talked about, we we know that you're an original, and like a few guys have left and come back. Uh, beyond the obvious, um, you know, that are you know, we're very hard to break up with as an organization. <laughs> um, what what brought you back? Um, you know, outside of the fact that you you know you came back home, but you said you had you know opportunity to go back to Charlotte. And, and what are the differences that you've seen in the since you've gotten back? I mean, the growth that Minneapolis City has done in the year that I was gone was absolutely tremendous. And I think that was I loved I've always loved Minneapolis City and like the growth that it's done and like how amazing it is and complex and how professional it is now is just insane. Like I honestly don't think there is a semi-pro team with just like the structure and the caliber that Minneapolis city has. And I think that's one of the big things that brought me back, just like knowing how professional it was going to be that um, my needs were going to be taken care of. And that as a player, like I was going to be respected and, like everything was going to be sharp and clean and there wasn't going to be like any like tech, hashtag technical difficulties. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's and, shit. <laughs> and I think that's, that's one of the big things. And then also um, something um, that I just really, really value going back to just like the similarities with Masai is just like the culture and the brotherhood and the fact that I had played with a lot of the guys in my first two years and a lot of them returners and, I have a lot of friends on the team and, and it's just like a good group of guys to be around. I think that was another big part of me because I love soccer. Um, and now I'm, I'm just playing for fun and that's what I do. And, and I think that soccer is fun, but it's even more fun when you play with guys that you get and that you respect and that are just going to make you a better person at the end of the day. So um, I think that's a big reason why I really, really wanted to play just to keep being a part of something that is so awesome and, Honestly, I, I believe the sky's the limit for, for this club, um, and I, I love it, and I just want to be a part of it. Nice. I've been So, Samo, I've been trying to get some uh, sneak peeks out of players that we've talked to over the past couple of weeks, but because um, John doesn't really tell me anything about, about training. How is, <laughs> <laughs> how is the team looking so far in training, and what are you most excited about for this upcoming campaign? Um, the team's looking good. I mean, I think talent-wise, we have a very talented team. I mean, every, everyone can play soccer. Everyone's the best player at their college. Like, everyone was the best player at, at their club growing up. Like, it's a bunch of guys that are really good and, and work really hard. I think that's another thing that um, has been awesome. And I think I've enjoyed being around because I've never been able to be a part of these, like, pre, quote-unquote, pre-season training sessions. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool to see, like, where the team is at already. I mean, when you don't have a completely full group, like sometimes it's tough, but um, I think the addition of the U23s is amazing because we have numbers to go 11 to the 11 plus more, and that's just incredible. Um, and yeah, I think the team's in a good spot. I mean, the energy and the effort that the guys bring every session is, is incredible, and it's really cool to see because the guys come off long days at work. I mean, we train. We train at night, and it's really easy to just take a session off and, and not be focused, but to see people's minds there even after long days um studying or doing whatever is is amazing so um the team looks good i mean i want to i don't want to share it too much but, but it's, <laughs> it's a good thing like, i think i think come uh come may and come the the season opener i think good things are gonna happen cool 
So last time you were on, which is almost four years ago, we put you through the, the Lupian Automotive Speed Round. Um, this year we have a new game that we like to call in the short term the sponsor has yet to countersign the contract unnamed word game. Okay. Uh, so uh, what we're going to do is play a little word association uh, where I'm just going to say a word and then you're just going to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Um and, uh, you know, like always, do you need to take a break? you need to stretch or anything? Or are you ready to yeah. go? Okay. <clears throat> well, it sounds right. like yeah. we are, we're ready to, ready to rock here. Okay. So, number one, Minneapolis City. Ben Wexler. <laughs> Flow. My hair. <laughs> Falcon. Messiah. Attack. Soccer. PLA. Minneapolis City. Boots. Soccer boots. Pre-game. Warm-up. Bird. Crow. Celebration. Golasso. Coaching. John. <laughs> Champion. Minneapolis City. Perfect. Tell me uh, a great day. Number one. Duluth. Sucks. <laughs> the Brotherhood. Minneapolis City. All right. So you made it through, and I like to give everyone a grade. And I can say this from top to bottom: you get an A. And really? that's, the, that, that's the first A that we've given out. <laughs> uh, and, and mainly because you started off with Ben Wexler. I think that was, you, see, you, you set the tone and all of the cues that I gave you, uh, you, you clicked on. So you're our first ever a that, that we've wow. had since we've done this. So the, I think what was the lowest that we gave out Nate? A D. A D. Uh, yeah. So I think, I think Troy got a D cause yeah. Cause the yeah. secret sauce problem. <laughs> yeah. His was awful <laughs> for a guy that smart, for a guy that smart. His was awful. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so thank you so much, Samo for joining us. We're, we're super happy to have you back in the, in the fold here. And, uh, Excited that uh, you know you're back in town, getting your under uh, your uh, your graduate degree, and and you're getting involved in in local soccer at the college level. I think that's awesome, and looking for great things this summer. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for taking the time to, to talk to me, and and uh, it's an honor to get that A. Like honestly, I <laughs> I'll, I'll I'm glad you, I got it. I'll make you a T-shirt or something. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm looking forward to that. I'll, I'll, I'll hold your word to that one. Well, I just got to figure out what we're going to call this thing, and then then, then we can talk T-shirts. Then we'll, then we'll start branding it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Perfect. Samuel. Appreciate it. Yeah. Take care, guys. All right. See you, man. See ya. That is going to do it for tonight's show, folks. Thank you again to our guest, City Midfielder, Sammy with the good hair, Samuel Ruiz Plaza, and thanks as always to our sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. The mad scientists have been in the lab, and they have a new creation, my friends, and that creation is called Slugfest, the newest of the Summit offerings. This juicy IPA has orange appearance, is low in bitterness, uh, but big in citrus flavors and aromas. Some have said it tastes like the first few chews of a stick of juicy fruit gum. Get to your local watering hole and get some on tap today. Summit, Who more meaningful that? brew. Everyone said that. A more meaningful brew since 1986. <laughs> <laughs> if giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Look for us this summer out in parks playing with kids at community centers around the city. And consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. That too. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, nothing like being totally focused, Nate. Yeah. Uh, now is the right time, folks. Grab that city membership. The best deal in soccer for only $80. Your membership gets you a season pass to 10 NPSL home games, all the U23 games, preseason friendly against Harpos. May I go on? You get a exclusive membership scarf, two flex tickets you can share your love of Minneapolis City with your friends, and a membership card that gets you 10% off at the club shop and deals, deals, deals on Summit at our official <laughs> official game day bar, Palmer's, where you can go to on April 26th and find out about new kits and things and just hang out with us. Plus, you get to vote. Voting's great. 
Democracy is awesome. Uh, you get to vote on important club matters, including selecting the membership board. Visit mplscitysc.com and make it happen today. Make it happen yesterday. Just go out and do it. Uh, send us an email. It's easy. Hit us up on Twitter at People's Pitch through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, if you choose to complain about things, do so at the club at MPLSCitySC. That is all for this week. Once again, we leave you with our house MC, Miles Stockman Willis, a.k.a. Miles. I am John. That is Nate. That was Samo. I will see you soon as Nate changes my notes here. I will, <laughs> we'll see you in action in a, in a, in a week or so, folks. <laughs> and you got to <laughs> See, I see the real you. Yeah, boo, I found you. So don't ever frown when loneliness is around you. I'ma show you that someone should crown you, not clown you. But pursue virtue would never hurt you. Critical in distance touches digital. Biblical, tell death love is unconditional. Telling us we're a team and not two individuals. For you, I give my spleen, the spiritual and the physical. Loving what is fragile isn't always fixable. But I see what's invisible. See it affects visuals. Grab my hand, hold it. We gon' think the unthinkable. I promise we will float. That our boat's unsinkable. I promise I'ma drown in you. Drown. Let you drown in me. me. Reveal the recipe. You, I love to overfeed. I love it. Let's proceed slowly. Not go bad like moldy. Ravioli, rigatoni. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me. Please, just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me. Please, just tell me when you fall. Temptation's about to give in, but I'm staying true. true. If I sin, may I be forgiven for a few. few. What we got to lose? Nothing. You just gotta listen. listen. Such a good girl. Great. Just made a bad decision. One, One and done. She looking fine. Nothing missing. But got my hands tied like I'm the villain. Evil. Only swallows pride, but I'm sometimes kidding. Finger liquor kitty. After, be the kittens. Cute shit. Kiss me softer than a baby's grip. New sense of high when she bites her lower lip. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip. When we're together like ice cream mixed with some mint pepper. Shawty had to rescue my respiratory. Just wants a man who's a man that is mandatory. Only without her off the pad like I never met with Dory. Help her write her story. Take the qualms out her quarry. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Selfie timeless as the rolling. Always be my plus one. Shotty is my bogey. In it for the long haul, not for the trophy. Every day, feeling greater than Tony. Falling for her, and I think she falling for me too. Falling like two V's, make a double U. Type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move. Type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you. Only cause you got my back. Presence always sets the mood. Never starts any trouble without any proof. No problems if there was, make the puzzle poof. Lap it off. Goofballs, you should see the spoof. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Free. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall.